why I always say that humans, we are semi-gods, half humans and half divine, <laughs> you see what I mean? So, and that's also part of what I try to do with my work, is this remembering, this uh, appreciation of the ordinary, and, and look at it as extraordinary every day, you know. Not only when we sit in a pillow and we meditate or we are uh, in, in, a, in a sound journey or any form of transformative experience and that's where you sense it, you know. How can you look at your backyard and look at your trees and feel it, you know, everything, it's alive, it's breathing, it's talking to you and you're uh, intertwined with, with everything around you. Welcome to The Sounds of Sand, presented by Science and Non-Duality. My name is Michael Riley McDermott, and today I have the privilege of being in conversation with Lara Encera. And Lara is a sound alchemist, a technician of the sacred, and multimedia producer. She lives and creates in the confluence of music, wisdom schools, and cutting-edge technology. And today we speak about her work and history in sound and music, as well as the universality of vibration, silence, music, healing, and a sonic expansion in the concept of non-duality. And there'll be a few musical interludes in our conversation of Lara's music, and you can find links to listen to and buy her music in the show notes. And at the end of our conversation, we'll have an extended mix of music and live sound explorations that Laura created for the sand-produced film The Wisdom of Trauma, the Talks on Trauma series. And this is called The Metamusic Journey, an immersive sound experience for inner voyagers. So we'll be listening to some excerpts from that offering, and you can find out more about how to access and listen to the full version of that. Links in the show notes. And so now let's dive into today's episode entitled Vibrating with Awe on the Sounds of Sound. Welcome to Science and Non-Duality. What is non-duality? The universal forces. It's the collective conscious. Being aware. Trauma is not the external event that happens. Trauma is the impact of that event, which is the disconnection from ourselves. That matter is energy. Energy is matter. That's what EMC squared is about. There's a language without nouns. There is a language without subjugation. There's a language without objectifying. But if it's recorded, then we there is a collapse. But if it's not, then it's the infinite potentiality. Laura, welcome. Thanks for being on The Sounds of Sand. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah. So I wanted to start with a quote, this really beautiful quote that you have on your website as a way to sort of set the intention and to ground into uh, topics that we can touch into today. Mm -hmm. And the quote is, the essence of the universe is vibration, quenchless energy, in motion, emotion. My work is about experiencing the source and its manifestation through sound, emotions, and body awareness. Hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I just wanted to start by asking sort of the the path that brought you to this beautiful statement and the beautiful work that you do. So, you know, maybe your earliest memories or things that brought you into this space as a sound alchemist. Mm. Well, I, I grew up in Sicily 
and as a, a child, I was uh, very sensitive and um, curious about what I call the invisible world. And um, both in our language, in Sicilian, and among my grandmothers and, and community, uh, we refer to everything as if it's alive. You know, you talk to the tree and the little kids around the tree, which has the first sprouts. So there's this sense that um, I grew up with where everything around me was alive. And then um, because I had all this big question, what is this life about and so forth, since my teenager times, I started to uh, read uh, esoteric books and alchemy and uh, different forms of uh, uh, traditions and meditation to really understand what is, what is life, you know, what is this thing that I feel there is way more than what I see. And uh, along all of my path, I've been studying and, and practicing and being initiated in different uh, ancient traditions. And somehow in this research, in this inquiry, first of all, personal one, when I was traveling back to the source where all of these different traditions are coming from, in the center, there was always this, uh, this idea of a vibrational element. In India, they say uh, Brahmanada, the, the universe is vibration. Uh, but even in the uh, Catholic uh, uh, church, when they were saying, and God at the beginning said, light it is, and light it was, but he said something. Or uh, science, when I was approaching more with my Western scientific mind, what is this life about, what is the origin? Then we hear about the Big Bang. <laughs> what is that big time, a source of sound and a vibrational element that is unfolding? So in that, all along the way, what I recognize as common in all of this um, uh, wisdom and, and knowledge we grew up with is that there is this idea that everything is in motion. There is nothing steady. Everything is in continuous transformation. And for me, emotions, emotion, it's energy in motion. So any form of emotion we experience is a sort of energy or a certain quality of energy that needs to move. And the problem is that when that energy doesn't move, that's where we get trauma or stagnation or eventually illness. So by really exploring uh, all of this, uh, different ways to tap into what is really the source, what is the essence of this experience of existence that uh, we live. Somehow, again, like I went back into this essence of everything, it's sound, it's emotion, it's energy, motion. And for me, it's now about experiencing that. It's not going right there with uh, my intellectual mind or we talk about there are so many <laughs> teachings, but at this point, um, my whole work is focused on experiencing that source and the way in which I use uh, th the tools that I use to bring, first of all, myself and my followers. It is through sound because sound at the end of the day is the most beautiful expression of emotion, of energy emotion. And, uh, and the body awareness to, to f really be aware of that energy that is moving in our body. I think that's where we can um, deal with that energy, whatever needs to be transformed or let it go or um, 
even just um, released in a certain way. Beautiful. This awareness of the invisible world and of the ancient mixed with the modern, it, it, it's not a surprise to me that mm-hmm. you're connected with science and non-duality in the past. And I know you've played and presented at SAND conferences in the past. So how did you become acquainted with SAND and Zaya and Maurizio? I think that uh, the beginning uh, was Maurizio reaching out. I think he heard about my work and he asked me to do um, an experiential presentation, uh, what we called uh, interlude between conversations. So that again, through music, we could go into the nonverbal and use music as a form of integration as well, because that's another property that music does. And um, both of us are Italian, <laughs> so we were completely um, in tune with each other, even if he's from north and I'm from south, so we laugh a lot about the difference <laughs> that in our culture uh, are between north and south. And so it was friendship uh, at, at first sight. And uh, since that f- first time, I think I've been at Sen pretty much every year since... Or actually, I would say, uh, you know, I, I've been at Sandy like four or five different uh, times here in California. I love it. I love this idea of uh, bringing conversations with what is science and what is the non-dual, meaning again, like this mystery that life is about where, you know, and there is this one body <laughs> of existence that we are all in. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the concept of non-duality is something that sand, you know, it's it's in the title science and non-duality is is this constant exploration and this inquiry into what what does what is non-duality? You know, how is it experienced in the body as you said earlier? How is it experienced in in vibration? Mm-hmm. And and vibration can be uh, seen as non-duality because as you said earlier, Everything is in motion. Everything is is fluctuating and subject to impermanence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is the concept of non-duality of eventually everything becomes one, meaning we can look at this life as this one, again, motion, this one essence that everything is made of in their own qualities. And that's where variety and... Uh, dif- you know, different uh, phenomena appears, like Laura or Michael. Uh, you know, we are made from, but dif- differently. But you know, in the essence, you know, what is moving my system? Was it allowing me to breathe? And and I think that's where we all are one. You know, this this force of life, this uh, essence, which at the end is also for me what I call creativity, right? The source of creativity. It can express in being who we are, it can express in the way in which you make your coffee in the morning. You know, that's for me when everything becomes alive and that's my personal way to live the non-dual. But then we need to uh, also um, create uh, some structure, otherwise we would not be function f- functional. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? If we will see reality all the time as it is in movement, right now I can't be even functional in uh, you know, moving my microphone because everything is like, whoa. So we have this also beautiful, miraculous 
device that we call the mind, the, the brain, that is bringing with us for us all of in the right place. And that's, I think, where the non-dual, meaning that the categories and and uh, and and more object start to be formed. But if we remember that that's only a function of our system in order to, you know, to move around the space. And we don't forget though that eventually still everything is there, <laughs> keep vibrating and expanding and, and being completely in, in, in transformation. I think that's where these two pieces are very powerful and science and non-dual. If they found that beautiful middle place and conversation, I think it's, it's really big time evolution especially for us as humans. <laughs> the rest of nature is still evolving. <laughs> they didn't care <laughs> about what, you know. But for us, I think that's where we found the complete essence of who we are. Yeah, it's this constant balance, I guess, of, of the relative and the mm -hmm. absolute. So the absolute yeah. nature of, of everything being in vibration but at the same time, the relative is that we have created scales for music and we've created instruments to capture that vibration and to, to quantize it and to make it repeatable. Amazing. Yeah. That's why I always say that the humans, we are semi-gods, half humans and half divine. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, and that's yeah. also part of what I try to do with my work is this remembering, this uh, appreciation of the ordinary and, and look at it as extraordinary every day, you know. Not only when we sit in a pillow and we meditate or we are uh, in, in, a, in a sound journey or any form of transformative experience and that's where you sense it, you know. How can you look at your backyard and look at your trees and feel that, you know, everything, it's alive, it's breathing, it's talking to you and you're uh, intertwined. With, with everything around you, with your cup, again, like with your cup of coffee too. <laughs> I talk to it, you know, hey, come here, like I need some sip, you know, as if it's um, a persona. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that in that cup of coffee is the, you know, the sunshine that grew the beans and the mm. people that picked it and the water that yeah, flowed exactly. into and the exactly. steam and the electricity. It's this... It's, you know, the, uh, the everything in the one and the emptiness of, of that present moment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where, you know, the cellular memory, that's where, again, we go back into vibration. Now, yeah. because in science also we know that uh, our intention, meaning uh, everything that is coming from me, it's an emotion, it's an energy that is moving, and so it's impacting everything outside of me. So as an artist making a cup <laughs> for, for tea or anything, again, you are Im impressing, you are putting a certain quality of energy in that what we call object or we call a cup. But that energy is stored there, and energy, we know, carries information. Science finally, you know, can tell us that. So when I'm now holding that cup, in that vibrational element that the cup is made of, which is not only the matter, which, you know, that's a different conversation, but it's not only, you know, the, uh, the, the consolidation of energy that is solidified into what we see as a shape, but in that matter, 
there is energy movement, everything is moving and there is information. So the more care you have there, the, the, the way in which people were making that cup or as you said, you know, traveling from the, their workshop to your home, that energy is stored there. And I think that's again another beautiful, amazing way to be connected to life and always be curious of what is, you know, what, what is this qualities of energies around me. Beautiful, yeah. And that's one of the great things I think about about music and sound and well really any art form is that it it takes these absolute, you know, sort of things that are almost too complicated to speak about, too 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 massive for us to understand with our rational brain. And it brings it into a felt experience, and you know the the quote about uh, about the expression of the perfect expression of God is silence, but the second most perfect expression is music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one concept that I think is interesting with sound and music and vibration is time, because time is well time is the medium it's the it's the architecture of sound music is the architecture through time um so you know we can feel that music is is making time move faster or slower has that been your experience in your work and in your work with clients and sound healing that this transportation of of the uh ordinary flow of time through mm. listening to music mm-hmm. absolutely i mean music in that is uh, a vehicle to finally experience what is real about time which is it's not linear <laughs> it's totally um i would not say quantum because it could be a difficult concept right now to to unfold but i would say for sure it's not linear and it is uh, even time an experience that each individual individual has. That's why it changes. You can do a sound journey for two people, and yes, the concept of time is lost, but the quality or how they perceive that uh, the time flow, it's different. So it's not the music or, for me, it's again like the most important instrument is who is receiving or who is experiencing certain you know uh, qualities of what they are experiencing. And in this, I mean, we look at the clock, and again, we need structure in order to be functional. And uh, if you look at really what is uh, truth, time is uh, it's not linear at all. It's a cycle, for sure. It's not a perfect uh, circle. <laughs> in that cycle, there is expansion and contraction. And time is as well another way in which each one of us, we relate to the unfolding of life. And you can find that as well while you are also washing your dishes. You can wash dishes for an hour and it felt it was five minutes. When I wash dishes, even for five minutes, it feels that I've been there half of a day. (laughs) You see what I mean? Like for me, and yes, of course, music, absolutely. It allows us to experience the sacredness of time because through that expansion and contraction, we start to connect way deeper 
with our own experience of existence. So I want to get more into some of your work and some of the, the many different things you do as a music producer, as an educator, as a sound healer, sound therapist. I'm not sure which phrase you prefer sound uh, in, ter in terms of the music therapy work. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. To, I mean, that's why I always choose sound alchemist because mm -hmm. I don't believe that, um, you know, there are healers that are outside of the person that needs healing. You know, when people call me sound healer, but they call me guru, they call me shaman, but at the end of the day, um, I try to, you know, be present for anything that is needed in that moment in time with the person I have in front of me. But I, I know for certainty that the healing, if the person is not ready or open to heal, there's no way that you can heal it. So how can I define myself as sound healer? So for me, it's more like, you know, providing occasions, inviting, creating trust enough and bring my whole wisdom and um, personal development to help that process unfolding. But the healing is happening not through me, it's happening to the through the person, first of all. Then it happens also through me, and that's the alchemy. That's the, you know, the, the exchange. Now we feed each other. But if the person is not open to heal, I mean, the first healer is you. Mm. Yeah. And the wisdom of your body, because that's what also I, I, the power of sound is, that being nonverbal, it just amplifies what is there in the person. And with this I mean, I believe that we are sound, we are an orchestra. Every cell of your body is vibrating. Ev your heart is a drum that is kicking there, fortunately, every day. It's a beautiful bit. It gives you this, again, sense of time, of cycle. So, because every cell is vibrating, it has a certain signature, a certain frequency. When you are exposed to sound, for sympathetic resonance, meaning if I'm exposing you to sound that has a same similar signature of certain areas of your body, your cells, they, they start to oscillate and move a little bit more. In that oscillation, there is energy released because everything that moves releases energy. And again, energy carries information. Now, in that release and that information, which happens again inside, first of all, inside the person, in, in that information, there is a wisdom of the body that knows how, what to do with it. If it's, again, to let it flow or to some, sometimes, you know, it becomes tears that you don't know where they are coming from. But again, this energy emotion, it's an energy that uh, I, can, I can provide uh, the possibilities to let it be, but 
the other person is really where the energy is stored and it's bringing the most deep and profound information that is needed for anything that that person needs in that moment in time. Yeah, and a quote from your website is, music awakens what is dormant in us. Exactly, exactly. Again, because it creates movements, it creates this motion where you can experience an awakening, meaning, and what is awakening? Awakening is that remembering. Awakening is that aha, that, you know, state of opening finally that you have. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that image of, you know, the opera singer singing and when she hits the right frequency, the wine glass shatters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, science is starting to catch up with this. You right? know, they're, they're, <laughs> slowly, they're working slowly. with yeah, very slow, um, very low frequency sound waves to break up cancer cells. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a lot of conversations and I'm part of different research, uh, really exploring, you know, the properties and the power of sound and, and at times what I would like to bring in these conversations is as well the awareness that uh, we are testing or we are exploring this reality with such limited instruments. And those instruments are the ones that are creating data. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, why we don't really experience what is that? And then from that we inform our instruments <laughs> to create the data that is needed. Really when you say in instruments, do you mean instruments of uh, 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 data? Uh, um, like even like I give you an example. Yeah. You know, I had this uh, incredible um, experience where someone was saying to me, "Oh, you should hear the sound of Saturn. Finally, we are hearing the sound of Saturn, right?" And I go there and I hear this sound, like <laughs> you know, like whoa. So my question is, first of all, how do we create that sound? It's already like, again, a long conversation because they measure certain, um, in certain ways that is so human, not really, I think, uh, related to these other dimensionalities that yeah. the universe is made of. But again, <laughs> let's put this aside. But at the same time, the instruments we are using to receive those that we call sounds, which is basically an information again, right? It's like a vibrational element. Those instruments that we are using and that we came out with this all electronic sound, those are the ones that I'm referring as, for example, very limited and give us an, an, an experience of an incredible sound that for me was almost painful. When I open myself and I contemplate the universe and I perceive what the sound of Saturn can be. <laughs> it is a completely different experience. You know, look like the, the, the sound of the spheres uh, as a composition. You see what I mean? Like it's so much more than just um, a number equation of certain uh, coordinations. Again, that's the way in which we function, but I don't believe that that's the way in which really existence manifests. That's what I mean for limited instruments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just an example. Yeah, like we <clears throat> take the um, this you know wildly unknown, mysterious process of vibration, and then 
you know, bring it down to 12 notes in a scale. Bravo. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying about the limited instruments. Yeah. And that's no, why I, I play all these other, you know, ancient instruments, which, you know, it's a completely different. That's why people have, I think, a lot of openings and transformative experience when exposed to these instruments as well, because they were already made with a completely different state of mind and awareness. Completely yeah. different. Yeah, and the, these ancient instruments, you know, that you use, made of metal and these, again, alchemic clay. <laughs> processes, they're constantly yeah. changing, which is which I think is part of the magic of your music is mm -hmm. that you combine technology where you can get very precise um, frequencies and sounds with mm -hmm. these living instruments, you know, mm -hmm. made of wood and metal that are responding to, to what's happening. Some of my instruments also are in clay, which are pretty rare, and there are flutes from the Zapotec traditions. Um, and um, exactly, it, it is also in the way in which they were made already, that they were not tuned in perfect pitch. And so they create what we call binaural beats that allows our brain, left brain and right brain, if you want to you know, simplify that way, to communicate in a certain way, for sure. Yeah. But the way, and, and I think the characteristic of my work, uh, um, it is to use technology to augment the natural sources. So I don't use any more technology to create a sound or to create a specific frequency. I don't even really relate too much into uh, the frequency of 432 is the frequency of this specific organ. How can we say that everything is in always in movement? Your heart is slightly different than mine. How could we have the same relationship with the same sound? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. So for me, it's more uh, uh, this idea that there is um, um, potential in that area or in that frequency range of certain kind of resonance that they can resonate with certain parts of the body. And I think uh, uh, ancient traditions, they knew it. So they were creating instruments, not uh, from um, a rational kind of mind, but from their own experiences of when they were making the flutes in clay of those sequence of notes, what was uh, their experience of, of that specific instrument. And that is completely different than using uh, a tuner that is giving you, you know, that one only number of uh, tuning for that specific instrument. So that oscillation, that nuances, that, that always new other ways of that frequency being a little bit off or a little bit, you know, to, that's where it instigates all of these other movements within a body. And that's where I think there's more opening, there's more um, transformation, there's more possibility for movement. Yeah, more, more possibility of connection in that, in that relative space where, you know, my body might not be, you know, the cells that you were talking about earlier are, mm -hmm. are constantly in flux earlier. So mm -hmm. one, one day I may want to hear 
432. Exactly. <laughs> but one day I may want to hear 433 because yes. that's where my body is exactly. in that day. And 432, you know, it's, it's based on this, the whole Schumann resonance yeah. thing, which is also changing. It's the magnetic resonance of the earth, which is also in flux. So. Exactly. And I believe that since then we are uh, spinning a little bit faster. So I don't believe anymore that uh, we can still stuck. And yes, at the same time, for, for 40, it's even worse. No doubts about that. <laughs> you know? But again, let's not be too specific. I don't want to lose people that there are not a lot of... Um, well, this, this would actually be the second episode... <laughs> Okay. That we went into <laughs> exactly. a 432 rabbit hole with someone. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, that's what I try to do now. At this point, I'm using technology to augment the natural sources because we have these beautiful and powerful instruments. Again, I, I think it's technology is not the problem, it's how we use it. So in that, like I, when I have these acoustic sources, which are already so rich and already... Um, tuned to certain kind of possibilities, then you use technology to enter even more and to, it's like zooming in. And so what I, at times I refer to, I go to the ancestor <laughs> uh, lineage of that sound because through technology I can, you know, augment the low frequencies and maybe, you know, and reach out the octave below, but without losing still the origin of the frequency it, essence itself. So it's not just a, a mathematical equation. I go there with all of my experience, with my hearing it, with my sensing, when the resonance amplifies and augment instead then becomes even more st steady and stagnant. Beautiful. Yeah, it reminds me of well, a word that comes to mind is holistic, you know, mm -hmm. when we think of or integrative exactly. medicine, you exactly. know, the same idea of how can we use what's been around for millions of years, plants and, you know, exercise and fresh air and movement and energy, bodily energy with modern science to, mm -hmm. to bring health to people. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where at times we lost it because when we talk about one frequency that can do that, the, emerging, the emergence properties of, of nature, that is how everything exists and coexists, it's lost. So it's this isolation that I think it's another um, issue. And it's, 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 um, it's, it's something that um, actually, uh, it's not allowing us to, to really connect to the source. Yeah, one, one thing I will say, though, in terms of these specific frequency, like if you go on YouTube and you look up, you know, healing music, you'll see all these, you know, specific frequencies that people create in their music in. And I guess it gets back to what you were saying earlier, that in terms of using sound therapeutically or for healing, that, you know, it's just... A, 
a practice of allowing the body to heal itself oftentimes. Yes. And the music and sound is almost giving our bodies an ex a chance to relax and to let go and say, okay, it's okay to heal. So sometimes, you know, I don't know if there's a better word for it, but sometimes it's almost like a placebo effect mm -hmm. that if someone sees, okay, this is 528 hertz, you know, this, this is meant to, you know, heal this certain chakra point in my body. It allows them to then let go. And mm -hmm. it's maybe not so much the, the sound or the frequency doing the work, but it's just giving the listener the permission almost yeah yeah i appreciate any of that work that is also uh, more related to one frequency because i think there are everybody's different so i trust there are people that they need that specific frequency as you said in that moment in time but i doubt that they can use that for the rest of their lives you know yeah it's that nuances maybe that boom it's opening this other uh, <laughs> parts of your body because again like for sympathetic resonance but that's you know it's that's not it that's where I, you never hear me saying this instrument does this or this thing is made for sleep there are people you play the tibetan balls and they go into anxiety because they are already so depressed the, the energy is so low that you know maybe they need something a little bit different and vice versa, there are people that are super stressed and I heard they went to these gong baths and they come to me even more stressed and with pain in their body. Why? Because they already tune so in high, you know, stressful, let's say, frequencies and tunes, if we want to use the metaphor of music, you're exposed now to the gongs that are all this high pitch, as you said, for the glass. It, it's super, it's, it's violent almost. So uh, it's from whom and when, that's, that's what I can say. And I don't believe in one sound or one genre of music that can uh, be the solution or the medicine. Sometimes people ask me, I'm depressed, can I use some of your sound journeys? And I ask them, what's your favorite uh, dancing song? You know, put Aretha Franklin and see, you know, if you don't jump out of the bed. And you do it, they do it, and they start to dance. Okay, then you go back to depression, but at least you gave yourself that moment of movement. And that's how we cultivate uh, these changing patterns, because even depression is a form of depression, the energy that is pressed, is compressed, stored somewhere in your body, in your system. And so anything that allows you to move, go for a walk or jump around, or as ancient tradition, they were shaking as animals shake when they are in fear. And it was done. Whereas we don't allow ourselves to shake because you look weird though. You look, you know, and so we are all like putting this stuff inside. So this, what I hope that my work inspires is really, what is that you need in that moment in time? How do you are, can connect to your need, to your inner wisdom? To really understand what is that right now you need and tomorrow is going to be different and it's fine. <laughs> Maybe till today was meditation, now it could be sound journeys, great. But if it becomes after that, um, I don't know, uh, Tai Chi, great. Keep evolving, keep transforming, keep, keep being curious and learning about yourself. So, yeah, what, what you're speaking about, this idea of the potential for music and sound to be healing, it, I guess it, it's this dance between do we need 
a sound that meets us where we are. So if we're feeling depressed, do we need to put on some, you know, slow minor key folk music, you know, um, something that will, that meets us and, and, and speaks to us in that moment, or do we need to turn the energy around? Um, and, and so in your work as a sound alchemist, do you have techniques or, or is it more intuition to kind of dis, to, to kind of discern what someone needs in that moment? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's a yes and yes. Meaning, um, if we are depressed or we are sad or something you know major happened, and you listen to a sad song or some really classical music where you know was tuned to certain kind of emotion, what happens is that finally you are met. The music is allowing you to oscillate for again sympathetic resonance in that truth that you are in that moment in time. If you have the courage and the energy to do that, what happens is that by listening to this song that is super sad, you're meeting your sadness, so you're allowing sadness to flow, to move out of your system, to be experienced as it is, in a safe place where there's also the pleasure of being exposed to that song. At times, I've noticed that if someone is in sadness and you try to put a happy song, it's so far, it's as if we are talking again in a frequency kind of language. If someone said, let's say it's in a low frequency state and a happy song is in a high frequency state, when it's, there is so much distance, you lost the person. There's no anymore possibility for that sympathetic resonance, for that um, exchange and similar to similarities of the qualities of the energy so that they can start to talk to each other, to expand together. There are moments where someone needs to be shake, shaken. And maybe, you know, it's good that you put you know, a song that is super happy because you really need to get out of bed and to listen another sad song now it's creating a pattern almost like a stagnation it's creating like a form of um you know when we are like sometimes we are too much like stirring and stirring and almost like it becomes pleasure unconscious kind of you know we don't know what is there so again for me it's for for whom and when and i always allow that's why i love to create at times what i call chambers of Awe, which means these possibilities of openings. And by exposing, and of course there is also intuition, right? There is all of my experience of sensing already where is the person at. But is that offering and reflecting back if there is movement or not, that I can allow myself to invite different kind of rhythmical elements or melodical elements or moving from a, a minor key to a major key once that I meet the person in that minor mood then I can call it through some different kind of frequencies but in my experience as a practitioner I always try first of all to meet the person where the person is at and from there if it needs to go down meaning it's too stressed and needs to rest. So then gently, gently through rhythmical elements or melodical elements or harmony, I try to bring the person like in a lower frequency state, meaning going towards more 
lower sounds, you know, but I don't go directly from higher pitch to the gongs or to the Tibetan bowls, you know. What about all in between? What about the journey of a, uh, an, a melodical element that allows the person to s travel through um, a non-verbal narrative that now the person is building within? And so in that information, that sense of, oh, I felt myself, I was uh, in the same place when I was a kid and I was in this riverside and that information is like a dream work. It's essential for that person. So that the melodical element, that um, uh, kind of um, narrative that that instrument becomes, it's speaking and it's helping the person to connect with memories or emotions <clears throat> or emotions that uh, needs to be met. Yeah, and what you're describing, it sounds like uh, music improvisation itself. So if you and I meet and we say, okay, let's let's play in the key of G, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to jump up to C sharp right away. You yeah, know? you can. If it's Maybe. like a big time dos dissonance, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, if you want to bother fun. me, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Again, emotions. If you want to well, create, a, we, you know, some, yeah. Why yeah, not? Well, eventually we can work <laughs> towards that dissonance, but, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's more polite to stay. <laughs> but you see what scene. I mean? Like, it depends. Maybe you want to have a moment of dissonance. When we, I'm, yeah. I, I really love to use dissonance in my work because when we, uh, create tension and then you bring back relaxation meaning harmony the expansion is even bigger but it's all about dosage you need to sense what is the right dosage the right amount of time that I'm taking this person into um, contraction into dissonance what is the next instrument that is right for that expansion to be more wild because I create contraction like they say in India, you know, and, and in general, you know, when we talk about the essence of the universe, is this contraction and expansion. That's how everything works. That's why there is movement. Because if it was only contraction, there was not movement, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in that is um, it's important we have both. And I, did, I I've been teaching since I was in my twenties what I call structured improvisations. Meaning, as you said, it's good that we have a structure like, hey, we are playing in G, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Then what happens is that you can improvise, you can open to explorations. I'm in G, I'm waiting for you there. It's okay, you're fine, go, fly. And then you come back. And then uh, you give me the possibility to explore maybe some improvisation. But it is that structure that allows us to have a beautiful communication and so harmony. I love that before we were talking about the difference of silence and music that becomes a way to experience uh, harmony. Mm -hmm. I have to say that in my experience as well, I realized a certain point that silence, it doesn't exist, honestly. There's no way we can experience silence. Why? Because everything is moving. It's moving. Even if I put you into an isolated chamber, you will start to hear your breath, your heart. People can go in panic attack in three seconds. Mm -hmm. The universe is spinning. How can we, you know, how can we be silence? Whereas silence is a state, is a state of being. I can enter a state of silence right now, as I feel actually while I'm talking to you, in a beautiful state of silence. But I'm talking. So what I think music does, and the power of it is that. There are all of these sounds all the time around us. 
Again, we have a beautiful brain that allows us to isolate some of them so that I can really focus here and feel a state of silence because it's my focus, it's my awareness of this moment in time. But music, what does is that recreates from these um, scattered sounds around us. Imagine that we can pitch them in. One is a C, a D, a C sharp. You know, as you said, everything's like, wow. Music creates the possibility of harmonize the sounds because we made the beautiful um, uh, discovery of what harmony, what we call harmony is. Certain sounds together, they create more expansion. Certain other sounds, they create contraction. So now let's pretend that in music we are talking about harmonic music, music that creates beautiful harmonies. What is that? Basically, I'm gathering only sounds or noises, my mother will call them noises actually, that together they co-live in a beautiful way, that's harmony. So music is rearranging chaos into order, and that's what it provides us. So once you're ex exposed to an harmonious piece of music, Again, for sympathetic resonance now, everything around you, even in your table, everything is exposed to that um, um, qualities of energy. And because everything is responding, so everything around it is going to tune to that, if it's a, especially if it's a big body of sound. So in that I feel that what is the power of music, it's also the possibility to recreate order, structure, within the improvisation that is always happening around us. Beautiful. Yeah, there's so many, <clears throat> there's so many uh, holographic points in, in what you just <laughs> were speaking about that I feel like we could go into. We, n we need uh, the, an episode number two. <laughs> exactly. I'm already thinking about that. Um, but yeah, this dance of structure and mm -hmm. order i mean that's at the heart of music that's what mm -hmm. makes music beautiful is yeah. that that comfort of yes. the familiar and then all of a sudden there's this harmony note that comes out of nowhere and you're yeah. like oh you know yeah, it's this, exactly it's, it's, that's what i well, call all <gasps> yeah and that's what i was going to ask you next is is this concept of all because i and i see it on your website and mm -hmm. in your writings and i know it, it, it's an acronym too for a, a, yeah. a project you have yeah chambers of all was uh conceived in 2018 and it's this idea of creating chambers meaning not only people think about locations but actually for me it's also inner chambers of openings of awe which means a state of uh, presence actually it's completely you know mindfulness because when you're in a state of awe like wow what is this boom you are there there is no cell phone there's no facebook you know, states of awe is like kids. We enter in that present moment connected to that that we are experiencing. And so I, I also call them openings, you know, chambers, possibilities, that they create openings. But awe also translate acoustic waves emergence. Again, this possibility to use the acoustic sources of sounds, of waves, and emerge them, first of all, so the opposite of isolating them, and then to use technology to augment them. So Chambers of Oz, somehow, it has different aspects, different forms, from acoustic performances that I've done with these uh, very ceremonial instruments and, uh, 
and using some form of uh, chambers that I've uh, developed through elaborations of Tibetan bowls or rare instruments, that they create certain kind of um, body of sound tuned in a certain way. And so by using technology to augment those sources and me playing live on top of it, because when we use only music coming from speakers, even if my project was using an ambisonic system with uh, 16 speakers all around, with geometrical shapes and so forth, we're still tr uh, limiting the sound because it's coming from these speakers that they have limitations. It's not like an acoustic source, which is so rich. And you, you lose it when you put it into a speaker, already when you put it in through a microphone and so forth. So for me to add as well uh, live music, to also add the experience of those instruments also into the um, live played by me while there is this beautiful other uh, soundscapes made by these acoustic instruments, I think that's where it becomes really powerful and the emergence of those properties start to expand to really becomes quantum. So eventually, Chambers of Awe, of course, with, uh, with COVID, I went underground and I, my reaction was to go online and do live streams. I called them uh, sheltering music just at the beginning when COVID was hitting so hard to help people around the world. And then they became... Uh, uh, actually, I, I had this. Uh, I, I put together a whole system that I started to teach. It's called meta music, and so chambers of all as a source. It has my meta music approach, which is actually, again, this possibility of not only using the instruments, not only the music itself. It's the medicine, but what is beyond those instruments that allows you to cry but allows the other person to actually feel bored. What is beyond those instruments? What is meta that music allows us to tap into? And, and, and in that, when I create chambers, it's a way for me to provide those experiences to a larger group. So I use chambers of all more for uh, presentations or experiences that are in conferences or Last one was for the winter solstice at the Planetarium of Chabot Space and Science Center here in, uh, uh, in, in, in Auckland. It's a beautiful, big planetarium in the middle of the Redwood Regional Park. And um, in, that, uh, in, in that experiment, I'm actually using planetariums because I want also to provide a 360 visuals and cinematographic narrative to allow people even more to stay in that possibility of uh, deep transformation and that possibility of attention. Because I've noticed that at times people, when they're exposed only to music, they can still be distracted by a certain point, the to-do list. But to, you know, in the planetariums, what happens is that because you are immersed now visually into this uh, storytelling that is actually, uh, again, an augmentation of the music, of the qualities that the music is providing, then when you open your eyes, or when you are in that field, the visual field, you can easier be in that state of presence, in that state of journey, and so in that possibilities of openings. 
So the way in which I use technology in reality is not to create more like, oh my God, that's so cool. It's more to create openings so that you can even more expand our consciousness. We can even more, um, yeah, how can I say, like be in this possibility of feeling way more so that when you are outside the venue, outside the planetarium, and you're exposed to a tree, you feel again that liveness. You feel that the ordinary is really extraordinary and, and it's magic. That's just magic. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, that sounds like the, you know, a wonderful use of technology is, is to allow us to listen deeper, to listen to the nuances that, exactly. you know, are present there. You know, it's not like you're fabricating sounds, mm -hmm. but you're just augmenting, which so I hope that people will get augmented too. <laughs> because imagine this, Michael. I mean, each one of us, it's one of a kind. In this thing that non-dual, we all are, you know, connected, intertwined, expression of the same field, if you want. Yes, because energy at the end of the day, I think it has one property that is multidimensional. And yet, you are one of a kind. And you have a gift, you have a, something inside that only you have in this entire galaxy. <laughs> no one had it before and no one will have it after you, even if you reincarnate, you know, you're not going to have the same parents anyway, probably you're not going to reincarnate in the same town. If you believe, for example, in reincarnation, if you don't believe it, even less, you know, done. Once you are done, it's done. So for me, it's like, what is that Michael has that only he has? And I want to know it. I want to experience that because it's a, it's it's just a, a super rare gem. And so I hope that I invite always people to not look at the, oh my God, yeah, this is what makes me or loudest music. No, it's like wow, I experience something of me within me, or I'm looking at things in ways that I haven't before, and and I can communicate them. I want to share them. I want to connect more and in that to find our uniqueness, our one of a kind gift. And that's where I think we can evolve as individuals and as well we can bring it to our community and evolve as a collective. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you because you are also <laughs> one of these... Uh, unique gems, these unique gifts that we all are and, and the gifts that you offer to us through sound and music and vibration and listening are, are also um, transcendent. So mm -hmm. thank you for oh, being here you. on the Sounds of Sand today. Thank you. And uh, like you said, part two I think needs yeah. to happen because there were so many things <laughs> I wanted to talk about. <laughs> to be continued for sure. <laughs> Um, oh, and how can so people much. get in touch with you? And, and mm -hmm. if you have any things coming up in the spring or summer yeah. that you want to uh, mention here on the episode? Yeah, I think the best is to go to my website, laurenserra.com. I think it's super easy to find me, you know, Google my name. And I think it's really easy to find my website and subscribe to my mailing list so that I can uh, provide the information all along. I'm going to have a live stream for probably the new year, uh, for the Chinese New Year, which is you know at the end of the traditions, this the moon uh, cycle of this new year that is in front of us. 
Um, and um, I'm also working in creating more uh, chambers of awe for planetariums. So there is there a lot of this actually <laughs> in the making. And who knows what's happening next? Because you know I really follow magic. So whatever there is synergy, I'll follow. So the best way probably is to connect through my website and be on my mailing list. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so, thank much. You so much, yeah. Laura. And thank you, Grazie. everybody, to be here A with presto. us listening. <laughs> A prestissimo. <laughs> Grazie. Ciao, ciao. And thank you again to Laura and Sarah for that beautiful conversation. And thank you all for listening to the Sounds of Sand podcast. We invite you to leave us a review, five-star review on Apple and Spotify. And you can check out more of our courses and webinars and events over at scienceandnonduality.com. And now as promised, we're going to spend the next 20 or 30 minutes or so listening to one of Laura's extended sound alchemy journeys called the Metamusic Journey, an immersive sound experience for inner voyagers. And this will be quite atmospheric and relaxing and healing, so I uh, wouldn't recommend listening while driving. So if you have uh, time and space, I invite you to perhaps close your eyes, put on some headphones, and enjoy this inner voyage. Be well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Laura Sera. Today we are going to experience together a meta-music journey. Meta means uh, beyond, means transcendent. And meta-music journey is uh, a sound journey beyond music. It's uh, a space where music becomes experiential. Uh, it becomes a tool for self-inquiry, for inner guidance, and a possibility for deep transformation and integration. I'm so grateful to be part of this meaningful and important gathering. I deeply resonate with Gabor's work, which I have myself benefited immensely from. During this gathering, I feel we are all somehow touched or activated by what we are hearing, what we are watching, or what we've been exposed to. Probably some of us are taking to places that can be raw, painful, or even challenging. And at the same time, we feel more aware of what trauma can be, and maybe full of hope to address it with new tools, with new understandings. It is clear that uh, we are made of energy, some more solidified as what we call our body, or other more ethereal. And, and each of our cells vibrates in its own signature. We have a heart that perpetually is drumming. And this somehow makes our body like an orchestra. And our emotion, uh, energy in motion, emotion, energy that needs to move, it needs to flow. In my understanding, trauma can be seen as stuck 
emotions or energy patterns uh, or memories that are left in our system from a challenging event or um, a challenging person. And with these metamusic journeys, we can have the possibility to let this energy move. And hopefully it moves away from our system and it can be transformed to something that is for the benefit of all beings. During this session, I will play some acoustic instruments from different traditions, meant to be used as tools to harmonize in our system or to tune to the unseen world. And each of them will resonate with different parts of your body, uh, with different m memories, with different uh, emotions. And they will become uh, almost uh, characters and will tell you stories that you need to hear right now. Because it's you that are making that plot. And it's probably exactly what you need to connect to or to, or to hear right now. My intention is to create a journey for you to access to those difficult places, to process them, and hopefully to integrate those stories, those emotions that are left in your system, or that are right now present for you. I hope also we'll get some nourishment and gentle relief. And at the same time, this is a powerful opportunity to ask for guidance. You can connect to your highest self. You, you can connect to different um, shields of protectors around you, with different fields of information around you, with your spirit guides, your benevolent ancestors, or to Mother Nature. And you can ask, you can ask for guidance, you can ask to show you how to deal or how to face, how to integrate what is there for you right now that needs to be integrated or met. And may them give us the possibility to transform everything into light, into inner peace, into evolution somehow. And the more we evolve and the more everything evolves around us. So let's start from taking an inner journey. And I recommend if you have some headphones, this is a good time to put them. Uh, you will feel more immersed into the music and into the experience itself. And if you have a good sound system, yeah, be sure to have the volume in a way that you feel um, immersed and hopefully you become sound, you become vibration, you allow those emotions, those energy to move. And find a comfortable position. You can lay down or you can sit and just gently 
Take a moment to see what is present for you. What is there that is calling you? What is there that needs to move, to flow, to be released, to be in peace? And put your attention to your breath. Feel the waves of your belly moving throughout your body while your system comes down. And just follow the breath. Connect to the force of gravity that is keeping you safely grounded. Feel your body that is landing right now. And resting. Let your energy flow. Let anything that doesn't support you go. And let music take you exactly where you need to go. Enjoy it.
Thank you.